Hello and welcome back or welcome for the first time to Sunshine Chasers. This podcast is where we're going to talk things travel, we're going to talk things outdoor adventure, and we're just generally going to have phenomenal conversations. You've caught us in the middle of our passport series, of which there have been two episodes so far. Today, I'm coming at you with the third episode. The third episode is with a wonderful, wonderful blogger named Lavdi. So it also comes with a geography lesson and a little bit of a fun fact for you. Do you know which two countries are newest in the world? We've got the newest is South Sudan, which was established as its own country in 2011. And we've got Kosovo, which was established in 2008. Lofty happens to have a connection to both of those. So we get to talk about some pretty new countries today. Uh, get to talk about what it's like to travel on a passport that's not even recognized some places. Um, and you get to hear some really great stories. So let's hop on into the episode and I'll talk about some housekeeping things afterwards. But until then. So hello, I am so excited to hear your voice today. Uh, can you please introduce yourself to everybody who's listening right now? Yes, hello, hello, Amanda, thank you. Uh, well, I'm Lavdi, I'm from Kosovo. I manage the Kosovo Girl Travels blog. Uh, currently, I'm in uh, South Sudan. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, for those of you listening, South Sudan and the United States apparently have some connection issues sometimes. <laughs> so I think this is this is maybe our third day that we're trying to record together. And yeah. I'm very excited that it's happening. <laughs> Same here. It's like hearing the voice for the first time ever. <laughs> I know. It's wonderful. Um, so I would love, we have so much to talk about, and I am so excited to hear everything that you have to share. Um, but for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to the past episodes, this is specifically an episode where we are going to talk about passport strength. So be sure to listen to the other episodes about that too, if this is something you're super interested in. But we'll kind of kick off the conversation with talking about what passport do you have? Well, I have the passport of my uh, my country, Kosovo. Mm -hmm. So that's the only passport I have. Mm -hmm. And so this, I didn't even know this, um, but Kosovo isn't recognized by every country as its own country. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Unfortunately, not every every country recognizes us, which also creates lots of difficulties as in some cases even our passport is not recognized so we have issues to travel to those countries there are still the main some of the main countries that have not recognized us like uh, russia or china or india wow so yeah it's it's a trouble <laughs> yeah so how um how strong is the kosovo and passport Unfortunately, not that strong. There are only, and this number changes, there are only about 40, 40 countries, 45, if I'm not wrong, that we mm -hmm. can go on, on visa-free or visa on arrival. Okay. Uh, and then the rest of the world, we need to apply for a visa. There are some exceptions if you have a U.S. visa or if you have a Schengen visa that you might still enter some countries but those are very rare 
and mm-hmm. uh, even even out of these countries that we can go visa free or visa on arrival they are far away so it, it costs a lot to go there yeah uh, that's so a that's a huge barrier yeah. um so let's talk a little bit about kosovo um I know that, thanks to you, I know that Kosovo's Independence Day was just this previous weekend from when we're recording. So can you give us a little, like, tell us a little bit about Kosovo. What are your favorite things to share about it? Well, let's say Kosovo is a small country in Southeast Europe. Uh, Although we only celebrated our 11th anniversary of our independence this uh, Sunday on 17th, Kosovo has wow. been there for for years, for centuries, mm-hmm. under one form or another. Like for the past hundred and more years, it has been under Serbia, Yugoslavia, all those changes during the history. Before that, has been part of Albania under the Ottoman Empire. So it's it's a very complex history, and also there are too many. St- sides of the story so it depends mm-hmm. what, which side of the story you're listening to you will have to form an opinion and then if you hear another side of the story from from our neighbors now from serbs then you will hear another so another story so uh but my favorite things is that um it's a small country and in a few hours you can go to another country like in in about two hours, you are in Albania. In about one hour, you are in Macedonia, now North North Macedonia. In about three, four hours, you are in Montenegro. It's the same thing, you are in Serbia. In four hours, you go to Thessaloniki in Greece, which is like, wow. it's pretty cool. It, it gives you this, this chance of exploring more. If, of course, if we are visa-free, like to go to Thessaloniki, you need to plan very well in advance and get a visa and go, which is quite a trouble, <laughs> but it, it is cool. And then we also have all the four seasons, which is good. We mm. experience snow, we experience uh, warm weather, we experience rain and uh, spring also. So we have it all. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> boosting, boosting about my little country. But yeah, it it is cool, and um, we are still like very social. We like to hang out and have a coffee or have a have a beer after working hours. Just roam around the city, enjoy our our free time. Uh, yeah, the friendliness of people. Then you can go within the day to some part of the country and just have lunch and come back. Yeah. This that is sounds basic so lovely. For now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, so one of the things that I think is really cool about your blog is that you feature different people's stories about Kosovo. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the idea behind that? Like how did that all start? Yeah, well, uh, last year, uh, in 2018, we celebrated our 10th anniversary. So I I thought, like, people are hearing or reading my story, my side of the story, but they also need to to read about other people who are not uh, Kosovo citizens. Mm-hmm. And then I, I started uh, featuring both... Uh, other travel bloggers who, who have visited Kosovo, so just to get their point of view, 
but also people who have uh, moved out from their country and now have made Kosovo as their home country. Mm. So, yeah, so I wanted to have their side of the story, their advice and what they like and what they don't. And uh, I also learned a lot. I mean, most of the things that uh, especially those uh, expats don't like are the same things that I don't like. The <laughs> lack, lack of cleanliness or the garbage around and all, which is not a, not a Kosovo issue only per se. It's, I've seen it in other countries also. Sure. More like a, a human beings issue. Yes. We, are, yes. we are not that careful towards the environment. So that's why, mm-hmm. I, since it was the 10th anniversary, I decided to have a, a story featured every month for 10 months. So I could that's really cool. travel bloggers. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could easily get ten travel bloggers. Uh, finding uh, finding foreigners who live in Kosovo was a little bit more different. Mm-hmm. Not because they are not there, but because some of them were not like really into sharing their story, or were hesitant, or they work mm-hmm. for for embassies or NGOs, and they have to be careful with their public profile and all. Sure. But but I I think it 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 brought another uh another aspect to my to my blog and I I I think people liked it. Yeah, they're they're really cool. <laughs> I'll definitely I'll definitely link to them in the show notes um for this podcast episode page because okay. I think it was really interesting to see all of the different perspectives. So it was really really yeah. a good idea. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, since you just celebrated um, Kosovo's 11th anniversary, I suppose, um, of independence, I do know that you had a party. <laughs> Can yes. you tell us a little bit about the party that you threw for that? Like, did you cook um, special food, or like how how did you how mm. did you throw a party? <laughs> well, uh, to, to give you a background to that, so I I, I live in Yambio now. Yambio is uh, in the south part of South Sudan mm-hmm. and uh, I live in a in a UN compound uh, which is more like a camp closed camp mm-hmm. and we are about uh, a little under 150 people here I didn't have a party with all the 150 people <laughs> that would be too much <laughs> but uh, there is another another guy here who is from Kosovo so we were discussing to just invite a couple of like people who we, we work more with or we hang out more with so we ended up with a close list of 15 people so we had 15 people over uh yeah i cooked some not traditional food it's very difficult to get the ingredients here to have anything traditional Mm. but uh, i cooked some some food and basically some pasta that's what i'm good at (laughs) can't go uh, wrong with pasta (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i can have them every day i'll never get And uh, I, I made also a little cake, which was a hit of the event. <laughs> uh, so we had different food, but also people who were invited brought some food. We had we played initially some uh, music in Albanian or by Albanians, Albanian singers. 
and then we ended up with playing more international music. Uh, there were some people who have been in UN mission in Kosovo, so they were also able to share their own part of the story about our little country, which made it even even like more happening. It's it's different when yeah. you listen to the locals. And it's different when you listen to foreigners who have been there and, and they share their, their point of view. It was nice. We ended up just eating and talking and drinking. It was cool. I, I liked it. Little gathering. So it was enjoyable. <laughs> That's so wonderful. And can you tell us a little bit about that um, traditional food? I know that you weren't able to make it in South Sudan, but what is... I truthfully have no idea what traditional food in Kosovo would even taste like. Well, we have this traditional food that we call pli. Okay. Uh, it's basically kind of, uh, it's not a pastry per se, but it, it it's, you know, those kind of pancakes, but not the American pancakes, but some uh, like thin pancakes. But like the thinner layer ones, yeah. Layer. So you you cook like like kind of creep, but you you cook mm. them layer by layer, and in between layers you put some cream cheese. And the best one is to to cook them outside, uh, at, like at the top of the fire. You put a metal uh, dish which gets heated, mm-hmm. and then you put that dish above the the cooking plate, which where you have put the layers. And then this happens uh, one layer after another, and it takes about like uh, around three hours for it to to be ready. It's heavy meal, so it's not. I wouldn't advise anyone to have it for breakfast or dinner because <laughs> it will have you will have your stomach very heavy. But it's it's delicious, and I haven't had it in more than three months so let's not talk about that (laughs) (laughs) we'll move right along from that (laughs) Uh, but then other other food that uh, is more traditional in Kosovo is some kind of beans soup Mm. Uh, it's it's beans usually with meat also we eat lots of meat because uh, we have long and cold winters so meat Mm. helps us be uh fed and mm-hmm. maybe face face the winters that we have yeah it helps you hibernate a little bit more <laughs> yeah um so another really cool thing about your blog is that you really take the time to spell out Kosovo visa information which i think is such a valuable resource for other people from Kosovo like i you are from what I can tell anyway, a super, super helpful resource. Um, So I am super curious, like, what are the ideas of traveling that your family and friends have? Like, do any of them think that your traveling is just like the wildest thing or are they supportive or what, what kind of things have you heard from your family and friends in Kosovo? Well, uh, there are two approaches. My family keeps asking me, "Where will you? When will you settle down?" Oh no! <laughs> with, with all, <laughs> with all mm-hmm. the traveling and now with working abroad, and mm-hmm. my friends uh, keep saying that they envy me that I travel mm-hmm. a lot and I enjoy a lot. But then when I invite them to come with me, they always find an excuse. <laughs> oh no! So. <laughs> 
yeah so it's it's uh, it's it's a variety but people also think that i really go above and beyond with all the procedures that we have to get a visa sometimes people just give up and at times mm-hmm. i've also just given up applying for for a schengen visa a visa that allows you to go to eu uh mm-hmm. member states because it takes lots of time it takes lots of nerves it takes lots of money just just a planning phase not i'm not even talking about when you travel just right, collecting right. all the yeah just collecting all the paperwork needed to apply for a visa takes time and money so at some point people are like i'll just go to the neighboring countries i'll just go to turkey because that's visa free so why mm-hmm. bother with all these procedures uh and uh, related to the information i i'm putting about the kosovo like visa for kosovo citizens is because there is no no such uh, website no such uh, place where kosovo people can can get the, this information mm-hmm. me personally have had to like ask around or or write to embassies or, or write to foreign ministries and ask them personally and i keep doing that occasionally when i'm when i have more time just to mm-hmm. ask what is the procedure so in case i want to visit let's say kazakhstan i know how to go about it and i'll put it in my website so if someone has the same idea they, they uh, can do it and also i get some other information from a facebook group that i have uh, created for other kosovo women who travel so they also share their experiences so recently someone went to uh, vietnam and she shared all the information how you go about applying for a visa how much it costs and everything so i also get that information and put it there in the website that is so awesome i love that there is this community on facebook for you all to share yeah. information as well that's wonderful good idea <laughs> yeah thank you well it has been about now yeah it has been about a year that i created it and there are mm-hmm. about thousand thousand members which women wow. so which is pretty cool i'm, I'm yeah that is really I'm, awesome i'm proud of i'm proud of my uh other country women <laughs> yeah Oh, that is so great. So when you are traveling yourself, um, I know you are based in South Sudan right now, but on mm-hmm. a whole, would you say that most of the countries you travel to don't require a visa or do require a visa? Like wh- the percentages, how how often uh, are you applying for a visa, I guess? <laughs> well, uh, well, it has been a while that I haven't applied for mm-hmm. a visa. Like I, I came to South Sudan in November, and okay. before before that, my Schengen visa expired in uh, May. Mm-hmm. So during that period, I didn't apply. I just went to I went around. I went to Albania and to Turkey where I don't need a visa. But mm-hmm. mostly is is that you need you need a visa. So mostly it's the countries that require a visa. Mm-hmm. But uh, depending, again, depends on the embassy you apply at, depends on the person you talk to, depends on the person who, who issues you the visa for how long they will issue. Hmm. And frankly speaking, in some cases, it feels like it's, it has become a business. Like they issue you a short-term visa, so you apply again and then you pay the visa fee again. 
Right. Like the last uh, last case when I applied for uh, for a Schengen visa at the Greek liaison office, they issued the visa for three months only. Although my U.S. visa expires in 2020, so it was like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I have a valid visa for the U.S., and you think I'll get stuck in Greece? Uh, that, it didn't yeah. really make sense. Like being bold about it, it didn't really make sense that my Schengen visa was three months, whereas my U.S. visa is three years. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. Yeah, so it it depends. It's it's all it it matters on the person how he or she feels at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So you have a U.S. visa. Have you been to the U.S. yet? Where have you been? Uh, well, uh, okay. So I I lived in Chicago for two years. During That's my awesome. I love and, Chicago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it also, and I miss it. <laughs> So I, I lived for two years there, and during that time, I went to 24 U.S. states. Wow, that is awesome. Uh, I would I would yeah. hedge a bet to say that that's more states than a lot of the people who live in the United <laughs> States. That's really cool. Well, I, I think when you have a limited time, then you really need to plan it. People mm-hmm. who live there forever, they are like, like me and back home. It's like always you... You say you will go there next holiday, next weekend, and yep. that, that's how you keep pushing it. But for me, and then I, another I plane had, ticket comes yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But for me, I knew I had a limited time, so I had to really plan and and use my time there. And yeah. then I came, uh, I came back on 2017, and I spent another okay. month. Uh, it was a Chicago, Seattle, and also Utah and New Mexico. Wow, very so, beautiful yeah. places to go. <laughs> yeah, I love them. <laughs> yeah. So where else have you gone more recently that you have really loved? Uh, I went to Zanzibar uh, early January. Okay. Uh, it was really good. It was really nice. I, I loved my time there. Uh, you could go to the old town like stone town you could go to nice beaches you can you could go to different tours i i tried to swim with dolphins but they were so fast so i couldn't catch them <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah it was amazing and uh, also uh, uganda because usually with the un flights we go through entebbe uganda so that's like our stopover at least for one night and then connecting mm-hmm. with the with the other flights but my my favorite country up to now out of 34 i've been to mm-hmm. it's jordan jordan oh my is, gosh jordan uh. is amazing i cannot wow. say it enough how i loved my time in jordan I people who listen to the podcast are going to start laughing because I have already <laughs> talked about how I want to go to Jordan so badly. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh, Jordan is amazing! I, oh I spent the New Year's uh, last year. I was there for New Year, so I I waited 2018 in Jordan in Wadi Rum, the desert. Wow! It oh was my so gosh! Peaceful, so lovely. Every time I think of it, it's like, I just want to buy a flight ticket and go back. <laughs> wow. Oh, 
Oh my gosh, that sounds like a truly magical place to spend New Year's. <laughs> Everyone should go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I'm just, oh gosh, I love it. I have, uh, oh my gosh, I have like a million price alerts set for <laughs> flights to Jordan. I really, Let's really want to go there. <laughs> it's um, wonderful. Oh my gosh. I am really excited that you brought that up. I have this huge, silly smile <laughs> on my face just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so where is, we know that Jordan's high on my travel list. Where are you looking to go in the future, in the near future? Anywhere super high on your list? Well, since I'm, I'm currently here in Africa, I'm trying to explore more of it. So mm. my... Short-term plans are to go to Ethiopia and Zambia. I also have to be, like, checking the visas and what can I do. And uh, because it's not that easy. It's not just pack and go for me, unfortunately. Uh Uh Uh, I also want to go to Ghana and um, uh, Kenya, of course. Yeah. I, I want to explore more more of Africa. I and wish you the I'm best here, of luck so with those I, visas. I, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I, yeah. Currently, I'm checking. I'm checking the easy, easy countries. Easy in terms of getting a visa. Those that mm-hmm. I can apply online, or those that I can get a visa on arrival. Mm-hmm. And then, then I can deal with the others. Egypt is also one of the countries I want to visit. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. So, just nearby. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got a long <laughs> one to travel list. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this Never is actually an, <laughs> this is actually a wonderful transition uh, to start talking about why you're in South Sudan. Um, I would really, first of all, I would love for you to share where South Sudan is because truthfully, I needed to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay lots of people don't know first of all south sudan is the newest country in the world and uh, until south sudan got its independence my country was the newest country in the world so i i moved to to the second newest country to the first or to the newest <laughs> country in europe from newest country in europe to the newest country in the world but okay, South Sudan is uh, in East Central Africa. Okay. It borders with Uganda, with uh, uh, DRC, Democratic Republic of mm-hmm. Congo, with uh, Kenya, Ethiopia, and Sudan. It only became independent in uh, 2011. Okay. But following, uh, following a long civil war and following other wars, they are, really have a very sad history. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, first, they had to fight with Arabs. Then it was a tribal war. And it's still not peaceful. Like, it's still not peaceful throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yambio, where I am, it's quite peaceful. Nothing big happens. No, no like, major incidents. But there are parts of the country where still it's not not quiet, and you you never know what what to expect. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of a red alert. Uh, Juba is the capital of South Sudan. Uh, it's still not developed. It's still very in very poor conditions. Uh, in in some of the parts there is no electricity. Like here around around our compound, people have mm-hmm. no electricity. Still, they have lots of issues with water and. Uh, um, also in 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 Yambio we are fearing this Ebola virus because we are pretty close mm. to the RC like only 25 kilometers so and that spreads too too fast yeah wow but okay. uh, it's a it's a nice people are nice people are lovely they are caring and they are welcoming i i go for a walk around the compound many times and there are always kids around who will come and greet me and ask me how Aww. am I. And yeah, it's they always are there to kind of give you that emotional support. <laughs> yeah. So your your compound, <clears throat> you're there with the UN, correct? Yes, the UN has a mission in South Sudan. It's called Onmis. So I I came to to Yambio through the UNV, UN Volunteers Program. Okay. Uh, the whole process started actually back in Chicago. I, I have written about this in my blog, but briefly, uh, I filled up the profile at the UNV portal, and then I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> last year, around this time, I received an email asking if I would consider this... Uh, job position here mm-hmm. i have a master's in public administration and i'm currently working as administrative officer awesome. and then i was like uh, okay let me see like where yambio is what is it uh, how safe it is so i tried mm-hmm. to to reach out to people people i knew first i couldn't find many <laughs> and then then I, I, I turned to Facebook groups and asking in every group I was member of if someone has been here or knew something about it. And then I was like, okay, I can say no at any point. So let's just say yes to go on with the process and then maybe I can find out more information later on. Yeah. And so I said, yes, I'm, I'm interested. And then I had to update my profile on the, on the website. And then around mid-March or so, I had the interview, a phone interview. And only in uh, June, I understood that I have been selected, which was a very good news for me, a kind of sad news for my family and friends. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I I had made up my mind. I wanted to change. I wanted to, to experience a new work environment. And also to come to Africa. It was my first time in Africa, mm-hmm. first time in a UN mission. So I I had to give it a try. I always go with that uh, 
policy that if you don't like it, you can quit it. Although I'm not a quitter, but <laughs> if I wouldn't, <laughs> if I wouldn't really like it, I would, I would be home by now. <laughs> sure, so, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so then in uh, mid-November, I reached in uh, Juba and uh, a week later, I came to my permanent duty station here in, uh, in Yandiop. So how that this is also interesting to me. How you said you have a master's in public administration. What yeah. do you actually I'm gonna sound like such a ding dong here, but like what does that actually <laughs> entail on a daily basis? Well, uh my master's uh that I uh earned in Chicago was uh combined between the three fields basically. So public administration is more about the administration of the offices, administration of in terms of budget and finances. And then mm-hmm. it also had a part that you deal with the public policy. So how you come up with the policy, uh, be it uh, having a, a fee for a service, be it having a, a change in the law, be it uh, for having a a new sports center or or anything like you you need to to look at the, at the policy how it will impact uh the residents or the users and also it had the the angle of the uh not non for profit uh, organizations mm-hmm. or non government mm-hmm. organizations as they are known more in europe mm-hmm. so it had all these uh, three three aspects combined into one and uh what I do here now is basically I, I, I'm in charge of the camp management, which includes uh, accommodation, which includes uh, uh, the finances also, like not, not directly. I'm not, I'm not like the one who signs for money. <laughs> I'm not the certifying officer. But uh, what whatever proposal, whatever expenditure uh, is made comes uh, through me and then to my supervisor, who is a field administrator officer, who is basically, let's say, the CEO of the of the camp. <laughs> if okay. that is easier for for the finance people or for the <laughs> business people to understand better. Yeah. So, we have we have like meetings regularly. We have visitors. Uh, we we have a, a welfare committee. So we are trying to to provide a work life balance here. Although that's very difficult because this is a non family duty station, which means no one has family members here and. It kind of makes it harder as people miss their their family and friends. So we try to yeah. organize different events, uh, different parties, different movie nights or karaoke, just to have people like go outside of their containers and enjoy a drink mm-hmm. and sing. Even even though we don't know how to sing, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, wow. that's that's basically. It sounds like you're very, very busy. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, so what? So you've talked a little bit about like what you're trying to create on the compound. What does your daily life look like? So you said you're trying to work on that 
work-life balance for the compound. How does that look for you? Yeah. Well, um, if I talk about it, like a, a usual week for myself, uh -huh. so um, it's of course like nine to five is office or eight to okay. five official working hours i usually do some work from my accommodation in the morning and then i go to the office mm -hmm. and um, then monday is like nothing much happens in the afternoon we don't have anything organized usually i do a walk around the compound i'm not a gym person i've only mm -hmm. been there because i'm part of this welfare committee so i had to go and see what equipment do we have and what <laughs> to, to work on it i usually do just walk around the compound mm -hmm. and then uh, tuesday it's the same like uh uh like work time and then uh, we have yoga in the compound we have an instructor from sri lanka who organizes the yoga twice a week tuesdays and Thursdays, so cool. I spend some time there. Yeah, and then uh, Wednesdays again, if I can go around and walk in the compound or just relax in my room, watch some, some TV movies or whatever. Uh, Thursdays we have movie nights, so every Thursday we have some movie and uh, in the evening, so we can spend the evening there. Fridays we have karaoke. I go there, I'm terrible at singing but that that's a way to to release all the stress of the week and uh, yeah as to, long as you're enthusiastic fun. about it you're karaoke you're automatically good at karaoke in my book as long as you are committed you yeah. are good in my book <laughs> <laughs> yeah karaoke is something i don't miss i i could miss the movie nights because sometimes there are some movies i don't like Sure. But, yeah, okay, I'll be there, like sing a couple of songs, have a couple of glasses of white wine, mm -hmm. and then sleep well, have a lazy <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> so yeah, and then usually on Saturdays we have uh, we have these parties, like farewell parties and welcome parties for people who come. We usually have them once a month because we have UN police and we have uh, UN uh military observers who are for a shorter period so we organize parties to welcome them and also to say goodbye so mm -hmm. okay it's fun it's these are things that you can fill your day with otherwise yeah uh, it gets boring otherwise because yeah like um what can you do it's not that we cannot go outside the compound it's not that you have many options to where to go you can go to the market which again is not that well uh, organized and doesn't have many things you can go there is this kind of a pond we call it lake it's not a lake per se but <laughs> just to, to make us feel better you can go there and have a beer or have a have a soda and spend an hour or two Mm -hmm. And then there is one uh, hotel where you can also go, which is uh, cleared by uh, UN uh, standards. Oh, so, I see, I see. Yeah, not, not many choices. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what is the, so you said you go on walks a lot. What is the weather like in where you are in South Sudan? It's always hot, <laughs> which, uh, which I like. <laughs> I, I, don't yeah. want to be, I don't want to be in Kosovo during winters. It, it goes, uh -huh. like the, the temperature goes too low. 
and I'm happy I'm not there during winter. <laughs> uh, it is nice, and Yambio actually has a better weather compared to to Juba, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, the capital. And also, I've been told from other people who are in the other states of um, South Sudan that uh, they also have like very hot weather. So Yambio is lucky to have lots of mango trees, which make it really nice. And, yeah, we yeah, are waiting for the mango nice. season. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how has moving into this position and into South Sudan changed your traveling? We talked a little bit about how your want to travel list has definitely mm. shifted more to being Africa based, but like in terms of like time availability and some other things, how has that changed traveling for you? Well, uh, yes, first it has changed the destinations for sure, because mm -hmm. since I'm here, I want to travel more within Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, it has also changed based on better planning, let's say so, because uh, there is this policy of since we are in, in, in South Sudan and the situation is not very safe. And we do have, uh, we, there is a policy that every six weeks we are entitled to rest and recuperate. Hmm. So this, this helps me plan better. So I know that every six weeks I can go somewhere. So then I know that I can, I can plan in advance and uh, I just need to, to check the visas and everything. So in this regard, it, it helps more. Yeah. And uh, of course there are countries where uh i had planned to go before and now i have just pushed them aside for another another period mm -hmm. and uh sometimes it also it's a a constraint it's a limitation because sometimes i might want to go at a certain period of time somewhere for a concert or something and then mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't match with this uh, one week that I have every six weeks. Sure. But uh, but it's okay. I mean, I I'm happy to be able to go uh, and visit Africa more of it because it's it's very unknown. Let's say so. It's like very mysterious and also it's very misrepresented. Whatever mm, yeah. image you see in the media is of uh, kids. Uh, malnutrition kids dying and uh, wars and everything but africa is more than that from what i've seen so far i mean of course these are the things but there are there are better things also that you can see and you can talk about and you can write about and you can portray if yeah. you if you go with that with that purpose you can find it in every every continent you can find starving people everywhere even yeah. in north america even in europe oh, absolutely in mm -hmm. asia and everywhere so i think so far what i've seen africa is beautiful and african people are beautiful and very good-hearted yeah. they have oh. beautiful hearts <laughs> wonderful i hearing you speak with me today has been really awesome because Oh, for many reasons, but one of the things that I have heard come up a couple of times now is just this idea of like 
everybody, like, every place has multiple stories. So, like, you yep. just mentioned it with Africa. You mentioned it with Kosovo. You mentioned it historically with South Sudan. Like, I really, mm. that's such a, that's, uh, I, I don't want to use the word beautiful, but, like, it's such a, <sighs> it's such a great concept and a great thing to point out. And I think that you are doing just a great job at, sharing your story and sharing other people's stories. And I, uh, you're doing a wonderful thing. <laughs> thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I think this is a perfect time to start to wrap up. Um, is there anything that you are super excited about, um, in the coming weeks or right now? Is there anything that's kind of lighting your fire right now? Uh, well, I'm planning a surprise trip. Ooh. <laughs> it's uh well I, I don't I don't think my my family will be hearing this before I reach there. <laughs> 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 I will not share it before I go home. No, we'll keep it so, a secret. <laughs> <laughs> so my my mom turns uh, sixty in uh, in about two weeks. Oh. And I'm, I'm planning to go there for her birthday. And uh, I've told them I'm going to Madagascar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. I'm going home. <laughs> and, wow. yeah, so that's, that's uh, the one thing I'm really excited about, that I'm, I'm going to go home and surprise my mom and my family and also meet my, my other friends. Uh, it's been a while. I mean, I, it's been longer that I stayed in Chicago, but here it feels different, and it is different, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I'm excited about. I, I've started Aww. putting so many mental notes, like, I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll, I'll be here, and I'll be there. <laughs> so, that, that, that's what's keeping me motivated currently. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a big question. Is it still going to be winter? <laughs> uh, it, it, I I really hope not. <laughs> I have I have no winter coat with me. Nothing. <laughs> Fingers crossed, uh, you get some nice weather. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think it it will like it will start to be warmer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I see the pictures that my family sent me. Like sun is out there, oh. and. Uh, and I'll only need to, to take a taxi from the airport home, so uh -huh. I'll not be outside. But, yeah, it will not be as hot as here. But <laughs> it, will, it will not be cold. It will not be... In, in Celsius, one time it went to minus 25. Sorry, I cannot... Oh. Converted oh, in Fahrenheit, but just no, know it's very okay. cold. No, that's okay. The point, the point has gotten across. That is very cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is very cold. Wow. So, yeah. It, it will be okay. It will be not cold, but not, not, not South Sudan. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, okay. So, I am so excited for you, too. We'll have to chat and make sure that this doesn't come out until you are uh, yeah. in Kosovo. But... Um, the last thing that I'd like to do is give you a chance to share social media handles or blog, anything that you really want people to know where they can find you and chat about the wonderful things you've talked about today. 
people yeah all, all my social media are under the same handle kosovo oh, beautiful <laughs> and uh including my my website my blog it's uh, kosovo girl travels.com and oh the only the only one is in twitter where I, this is too long for twitter handles so it's xk which is the abbreviation for kosovo it's xk hmm, i didn't know that uh girl travels this is one of the abbreviations of course <laughs> it's it's not like settled for sure but this uh-huh. is the one that uh, is being used at the moment huh. so yeah right. kosovo girl travels everywhere facebook page website uh, instagram i'm the where people can find me more active is instagram instagram is where i post uh, like daily stories from my life here in yambio and also uh usually i try to post every day a picture from my my travels or some sometimes throwbacks as well mm-hmm. so. well wonderful and again i <laughs> will share all of these in the show notes so those of you listening can head on over there and you will be good to go follow on all different social media um so thank you so much for um i am so excited that we got to connect today thank you so much for spending the time uh to chat about all of these wonderful things i so greatly appreciate it me too thank you for having me in your podcast and thank you for bearing with me and trying it again and again until it worked of course it was definitely worth it <laughs> I'm really grateful. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the time and for the space you you have given me. Of course. We'll have a wonderful rest of your day and we can sign off now. <laughs> so raise your hand if you learned something new today. If you didn't hear that, that's the sound of my hand raising. Although technically, I guess I learned it another day because this conversation happened on a different day from when I was editing. But that's besides the point. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this one. We've got one more episode left in the Passport series coming up, hopefully this week. So keep your ears tuned in. Um, I'm still super psyched that we are on Spotify now. So that's really exciting and super easy to share on social media. Um, but if you like this episode or you've liked a couple of episodes that you've listened to, I would really appreciate, uh, a couple minutes of your time for a review or literally a couple seconds of your time for a rating. Uh, things like that really help other people find the podcast and really help these conversations expand and help us all learn new things. So I'd really appreciate that. If you've got any ideas for upcoming series, let me know. I have a couple of thoughts in mind and I'm going to start to reach out to Um, Not the next series, because that's already recorded, spoiler alert, but the series after that. Um, So I'd love to get some input if you have any ideas. Uh, Feel free to email me or reach out to me on social media. That's super easy, and I'm on there too much. But you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at the handle at Sunshine Chasing. Can't wait to hear from you, and hopefully you'll hear from me very soon. Until then, have a wonderful day.